Spirit Dwellers, and welcome back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library. I am Jeff, and quietly sitting in the wings of the bell tower, mm -hmm. waiting for him to be told to this ring the bell. This is my is chance. I'm going to do this. TC. TC. Oh, TC. <laughs> was Hi, TC. Oh, was, was I too soon on that? You were. You 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 jumped the gun. Ah, you, you rang the proverbial bell too soon. Oh, jeez. You know, you... I, didn't, I didn't know if we were going for comedy, because... <laughs> Because, you know, comedy's all about timing. Timing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God damn. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? I'm doing great, TC. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Disney Animation Studios podcast. Yes. 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 We are back. And we are back with a movie that, okay, right off the bat. We're going to go right into this. Right off the Let's bat. do this. What are we watching? I, we watched the 1996 movie uh, that goes without saying, mm -hmm. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Now- I have never seen this movie. Ah, a first timer, a first experience for you. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, this is good. I I will say I have seen this before, and 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 maybe this this goes to the content nor or maybe quality of the film. I remembered very little about it. <laughs> but we we will just we. No, I'm not spoiling what I have to say about it. It's just I didn't have any. Very strong memories about this movie, except for one thing, which I will get to. But Jeff, please continue. So I want to say, watching this movie was very, very interesting. It was, it was. I know. I mean, I, I know the the story of the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I know the original Long Cheney Senior Hunchback of Notre mm -hmm, Dame movie mm -hmm. from the the silent film movie. Uh, I, I've seen that a couple times, but I did not know what to expect while watching this because we've come across movies in the past where they are adaptations of previous works or books or stories and they don't, you know, they've been Disney-fied. They don't quite follow the original. They go off on their own world. They come up with their own things and whatever. So right, I didn't right. really know what to expect out of this. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I don't know. I... I I also don't want to reveal my thoughts regarding the film <laughs> well, right now. I, I, I kind of want to play it through. I will say that as as far as adaptations go, this is a an adaptation and a very fine adaptation of previous adaptations. This is not a very accurate adaptation of the book, mm -hmm. which uh, now Wyatt sent us a link to a, a wonderful video essayist on YouTube, Lindsay Ellis. She does she does really really great breakdowns of film analyses and whatnot and she just happened so happened last week right after we finished recording released a hunchback in Notre dame episode oh uh, her episode is specifically about the adaptation from book to screen so we i mean we can we can just briefly discuss it right now and, and i i do recommend her video in terms of of delving into the differences between the book and what we ended up seeing on the screen um, but this is a very fine adaptation that's even Victor Hugo himself would have approved because Victor Hugo himself readapted re Hunchback and changed it. So, like, anyone who wants to be like, this is nothing like the book, well, okay, fine. Even the author himself changed his book as he readapted <laughs> it. So, your point is invalid. <laughs> so, what you're saying is, is it's okay for a creator to go back to his original work and change and <laughs> modify it in some possible way, um, like um, like like George Lucas did. Maybe, mm. maybe not to that extent. <laughs> but just, just in. I had, the, a, had, I had to make the connection. I could not. I could not fine. let that one pass. Everybody, come I, on. <laughs> I, I defy any nerd to make it through a day without having at least some iota of a Star Wars reference come out of their mouth. I don't that think is, it's possible. 
it's it's just not possible. But <laughs> this adaptation, in terms of book to screen, no, it's not a very accurate one. But that's okay because this is a very well done recreation of Lon Chaney Seniors. And doesn't doesn't Lon Chaney Junior also have? Uh, am I think no no um uh, 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 Igor what was his name um from from are you are you thinking like uh from from like Young Frankenstein no like no, that, no it's or? The, the, another classic Universal monster movie actor did do an adaptation of the Hunchback in Notre Dame Ah, uh, gotcha yeah gotcha um, gotcha so yes this is this is uh, definitely a a a reimagining of <laughs> several people's ideas of what the Hunchback in Notre Dame is all about. And Jeff, your first experience, I'm very, hmm, I don't know what, how do we approach this? So. <laughs> well, maybe, I, okay, first off, I, I want to say, like, first impressions, first impressions of watching this movie, because mm-hmm. uh, again, since I had no idea what to expect, I, it's funny, I know the title Right. God help. Obviously, I know the title of the movie, and then a couple like two of the songs. I know the title. Uh, uh, God was it. God save the help. God, God, God help, help the outcasts. The outcasts. Yes. And then I know <laughs> whatever. I know the all for one song someday. <laughs> um, shut your mouths, all of you out there <laughs> laughing at me right now. I, I, I the movie. The credits started rolling. I was making dinner when the credits started rolling, yeah, and I, yeah, and I went. I went. Is that all for one? Oh, that's right. This is 96. That'd be the correct time frame. <laughs> and I'm like, I kind of knew the song. I, so I, I must have, I know I've heard that song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I knew it was all for one and I recognized the song. I couldn't tell you what the lyrics were, but, but, uh, so it, it, I, 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 I knew that much about it, but I did not know what to expect of it. First off, right off the bat, holy crap, this movie is dark and yeah. dramatic. Like, Uber dramatic. Oh yeah. Holy cow. Uh, this this is the this is the progression from Beauty and the Beast to Pocahontas to and yes, there are movies in between, but I'm mm-hmm. specifically pointing at Beauty and the Beast to Pocahontas to this, Hunchback of Notre Dame, as this Broadway it, this is the Broadwayist of uh, of the films <laughs> we've seen thus far. And actually this will touch on my on we do have a Katzenberg. Uh, anecdote for this because Ooh. though though uh Pocahontas was the last one he was directly involved with he was involved with green lighting and the early production of the hunchback of Notre Dame so there are still Katzenberg this this however is the last one that he had played any hand in whatsoever because the movies that follow um he was he was gone um and mm-hmm. he did play a part in pushing and pushing and pushing them towards Broadway uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber had had massive success with with um, Jesus Christ Superstar and Fan of the Opera, mm-hmm. and that's where where uh, certain audiences were turning. And with the success of the movies of the Renaissance, Katzenberg set his eyes on trying to create Broadway worthy animated films. So to go uh, Beauty the Beast, Pocahontas to this, you can this this is so a production a stage production the right the right. pace like, of it the tone of it the yeah 
like we had like we've talked we talked about I'm glad you brought that up because we talked about how Beauty and the Beast comes off very theatrical, very stage mm-hmm. worth like stage like just even by the way that they blocked the characters. I think I made this comment during Beauty and the Beast about how a lot of the characters felt like they were playing out to the camera, yeah. like they were turned <laughs> like they would on the stage. Mm-hmm. And I thought I always looked at that movie as oh this is this is a musical. This movie the hunchback whole if you had told me tc <laughs> that this was a this was previously a disney broadway show that they adapted into a movie right i would have believed that right not the other way around and it's not right. even a successful broadway show this the uh, hunchback never actually played on broadway it played off broadway um it had its run but it never truly transitioned like lion king and beauty and the beast have and you're not wrong man this movie is dark. It opens with a woman break getting thrown down and breaking her neck on the stairs. The threat of throwing a baby down a well. They say hell over a dozen times. Yeah. Damnation. This is this is dark, man. My like fourth note was Oh crap, did the mom just die when she fell down the step? Cuz cuz I just thought, "Oh, she got pushed down." And I went, "She's not moving." Yeah. Oh my god. No. Wait. Oh my god, they just killed She just did she just she just broke her neck when she fell like, "Oh, Oh my God! And then yeah, and then uh, Frollo threatening to throw uh, baby, uh, baby. Uh, um, oh my goodness, Quasi, Why am I space? Quasi thank mm-hmm. you. Um, I wanted to call him Hunchback, but I'm like, no, no, no. He's got a name. Uh, <laughs> I think um, Hunchback might be. I don't know if that's less or more offensive than Quasimodo, <laughs> <laughs> half 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 mutant man. But yeah, he's. Well, we'll I, I'm gonna chuck this thing back where it belongs. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, damn, this thing just gets serious. Oh man, it, it's so. So dramatic, but at the same time, like you were saying, the, the the pacing, the way that the songs are integrated into the movie, into dialogue, that characters will start, will be talking, and in the middle of talking, mm-hmm. bust into a line of from a song, and then come back into a line of dialogue, and then back into the song again. Very, mm-hmm. very theatrical, very Broadway. I mean, obviously, we have we have Alan Menken coming back again, uh, doing the score of the movie, so yes, he's yeah. been doing the score for the last handful of these, uh, and... Uh, this time we have Stephen Schwartz coming, or Stephen Schwartz who's coming back, right? Because he did the music with uh, with Mencken for Pocahontas as for well. For Pocahontas, that's right. Um, and and obviously Stephen Schwartz having written, you know, you, you've you've got you've got like, Wicked is the probably the more recent ish one that people know that he wrote. But yes. man, man's been writing for ages and uh, doing musicals, and and it, it, it's definitely definitely comes off like that and the, the the tone of the story feels very much so like a phantom of the opera so i'm glad you referenced mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. It, it, it it just it feels like a broadway show and and i i i i kind of liked that a well lot. i if <laughs> i want to uh, let's focus on on let's let's lean into that because the mm-hmm. music in this movie most of the music in this movie is outstanding uh, out there, Quasimodo's song coming like first. Uh, uh, yeah. Frollo does sing to him for that little prologue of the song, mm-hmm. but Quasimodo's out there solo is is incredible. This is the this is the the best of everything we've watched so far. Male solo, and we haven't had many of those, right? Um, because it's easy to point to the the, the princess solos such as uh, um, uh, Part of Your World, but Quasimodo's out there song is unbelievably good that the that that song alone gives me chills for how good it is mm-hmm. and 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 then of course there's hellfire and god help the outcasts which are yep. both very 
very moving, very incredibly well. Uh, I think they're underrated. I don't feel like people think of those songs. That might be because this movie itself has its issues that, that does not lock it into people's memories, such as Lion King and Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, and Little Mermaid. But those songs are phenomenal. I'll, oh, yeah. I, I, I wish that I had the pipes to sing out there. I would like to think I could try, but (laughs) I mean, I'll even go as far as saying like, I, I really enjoyed the bells of Notre Dame, the opening song from this. Oh yes. Just like introducing the whole world that it is. Like it's in again. And that's immediately right off the bat is when my head went, Oh, this is a show. This is not a movie. This is a this is a play that I'm or a musical that I'm watching because that song so well, like so perfectly sets up the world, gives you the backstory, mm-hmm. the tone of the narrator. I kind of got a little bit of the vibe of uh, uh, the genie from the beginning of the of Aladdin. Just kind of felt a, a little bit, bit like it's prologue. Uh, it's prologue. It's hey, here's the character who is who is giving the exposition necessary for the audience to understand the world we live in. Yeah, Clopin Cl- uh, is the the jester who. Who does the prologue? And initially, this that was a, a spoken prologue, and they and the, the smartly the filmmakers were like, "Wow, this is boring." We need <laughs> but I I'd like to think that's exactly how the conversation <laughs> went. They were just sitting there in the theater ten minutes, and like, guys, this is just wow. Let's, we got to do something, <laughs> guys. Well, this is stupid. <laughs> if if uh, if those who are listening didn't go back and at least check out the music from Hunchback, mm-hmm. I'm thank you for bringing up that prologue song because it slipped my mind. Listen to that last note that that clapping hits. He kept going higher <laughs> and higher. I'm like, the dude's just gonna explode. It's ever seen that scene from Scanners where the guy's head explodes? It's, gonna, it's that is what I was expecting. He was just going to blow up. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, the, how, many, how many Disney podcasts reference the horror movie Scanners, Scanners from right? the eighties? <laughs> I, I am sorry. I had a buddy who, whenever he had a headache. He'd like touch his head. I go, what's wrong? He goes, I got a headache. And I go, oh, you doing okay? He's like, oh, have you ever seen Scanners? That was always his response whenever he had a headache. (laughs) Uh, But musically speaking, those dramatic music pieces are great. I don't particularly care for a guy like you, Mm -hmm. uh, but that also leads to a discussion about the gargoyles themselves. We we discussed the tonal inconsistency in Pocahontas last week. And the tonal inconsistency is what really hurt what uh, what Pocahontas was? It really was a matter of you can't have you can't have it both ways, Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. You can either go into this dramatic love story, or you can play up the cutesy sidekicks. It wasn't a huge shift between the two, but it was enough that it had bothered me. I, I can't recall how much it bothered you, Jeff. This movie, Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> oh my goodness! The the tonal inconsistency between having hell, damnation, murder. You are a freak. Don't let the people see you. Cut the cheese. Like right. Well, and to the point where uh, the 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 few times that the gargoyles were on film, mm-hmm. I kind of just zoned out. Like I didn't care. I, I honestly that I will say that right off the bat. I'll, I'll, a little bit insight into my feelings about this movie. If the gargoyles were not in it, I would have been ten times happier. I agree. I agree. That- I, I, it would have been a much, much better film because they're already kind of these weird characters where, where I, I can't tell if if they're actually supposed to be alive, or <laughs> or, and, and, yeah. or is it just in Quasimodo's imagination? Like you know, it, it's it's not clear. I thought the same thing for a while because he they would turn to stone whenever someone else was around. Mm-hmm. But then they help in the final battle, and and right. not not help in like arbitrary ways. They legitimately help during the battle, and uh, Dolly the goat sees and interacts sees with them. So that's right. 
it's it, I don't think the movie was clear enough about whether or not they were supposed to be figments and personality traits of crazy Quasimodo, <laughs> crazy Moto, right? Um, <laughs> crazy, <laughs> or or if they were coming to life. Uh, but yeah, I, I the gargoyles themselves really damage this film's tone because, and I you know I like Jason Alexander. I think Jason Alexander is a very very talented. Uh, comedian performer uh, yes George Costanza in terms of Seinfeld's concern but his uh, Broadway stuff is great he's to a lesser extent he is he's I guess I could say that the poor man's Nathan Lane if you look at <laughs> if you look at what Timon and Pumbaa were in Lion King and now you have you see what I'm saying like he fa- you, yeah he yeah. falls into a lesser extent of John Candy even you can see them casting him because a he was huge you know still with uh seinfeld right. at this point he was big in his career at this moment i mean obviously he's been acting for ages prior to this but um you could see that they cast him to play this character in hopes of trying to recapture some of that uh that 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 magic that the characters like what john candy played in rescuers uh down under and yeah. and yeah like timon and puma or, you, you saw they Godfrey. tried like they, it's become yeah. this very standard uh idea of disney to cast some comedian of note to voice a, a side character and right. the, the having the gargoyles talk and and interact and have their goofy moments really does make that juxtaposition between the drama and the comedy so much more than I complained about from Pocahontas because at least right. Miko and Flit and Percy the dog didn't talk. Right. Because <laughs> now I want you to think about that. If Pocahontas, if they had had goofy voices, <laughs> <laughs> if they had goofy voices, I would have been all done. I would have been, I would have been done with this. <laughs> I'm movie. done. So I'm like, I'm out. I'm out guys. Sorry. Can't do it. This movie's stupid. Yeah. And it's, and it's that, it's that wanting too much. And I, I'm, and it does fall into Katzenberg in his style of, 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 of pushing animator, pushing these films to be too many of things. I want right. He wanted to cash in on the success of other things, and it's this. Uh, as much as this is the logical proje- projection or uh, progression through a Broadway style animated film, you can also see how that's a failure in in mimicking the movies that succeed before. You go from something like Scuttle, which is narratively uh, consistent in Little Mermaid. He's very strong as a supporting sub-character. Mm-hmm. He's, he does have the right amount of a goofy sidekick banter that just pot- comes and goes, and then move that into uh, Aladdin where you get the you get full-on Robin Williams. But looking more, don't look at Robin Williams, look at Gilbert Godfrey, which you push it a little further. Maybe there's just a little too much Gilbert Godfrey, and then you progress that to... Jason Alexander with the gargoyles. Um, right. In fact, you could just remove Jason Alexander's gargoyle, and I think that the other two would have worked. Victor was the one gargoyle named after the author, right. and Laverne was the Laverne. Yeah, voiced by the awesome Mary Wicks, who Mary Wicks. has shown up in so many <laughs> things of mine growing up. For those of you who are kind of remotely our age, if you don't know her, she was Sister Mary Lazarus from Sister Act One That's and right. Two. The the old uh, tough one. <laughs> the old tough one. The old one. The one. You know what the yeah. Uh, I know her from doesn't. I mean, she's in. I think she was in. Um, White Christmas, I think, was be yep. the other one. She's she's the nosy, much younger than. The, yep, she's the nosy uh, secretary, uh, desk clerk in White Christmas. God. Yep, that's and a- she unfortunately <laughs> passed away before she finished doing her lines from this movie. Oh, that's too bad. 
So half the lines of Laverne are not her. Really? Well, well done on the voice casting because I yeah. I was fooled. That didn't once strike me that it was someone else talking. But those two characters. Sorry, and then get back to what you were saying, TC. I I, I interrupted my own thought with a side note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the but I I completely agree with you that that Laverne and Victor are more serious. Uh, gargoyles, they do have their moments. They do have a funny joke or right, so. The, the birds, like, don't you yeah. don't you birds migrate? Which, funnily yes. enough, birds in France don't migrate. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that one, too. I know weird random trivia for some reason, TC. Yeah. Uh, but, like, like they're, they were fine because they were the appropriate level of seriousness with the occasional... A little goofy, just a, a little, a little light humor, just sure. kind of sprinkled yeah, they, in. They were wonderful um, parental analogs for for Quasimodo, mm-hmm. um, and Jason Alexander's character has the fart jokes, the snot yeah. jokes, the spit jokes. Like, it's take him out of the movie, and you've just improved <laughs> this movie. <laughs> like now, I'm now my question is: is like if Victor and Laverne are the uh, like parental esque gargoyles, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, but is, does that mean that Jason Alexander's is the like brother? Is it the younger, annoying you, brother? You know, like in old like late eighties, early nineties sitcom, there's always that annoying neighbor character. Uh-huh. That's that's what he is. <laughs> Man, he's the annoying neighbor character that somehow became one of the main casts, and the show went along, and people loved him. But it's not, totally. I, I'm not, I don't want to pigeonhole, uh, pigeonhole, uh, just, uh. just the gargle. That was completely unintentional <laughs> because the tonal inconsistency does go throughout this, that you can, you have the o- very opening of this film with these dramatic bell tolls, this, this grand look at the, at the cathedral. And then you pop on down to, uh, uh and doing puppets yeah. for his prologue. And then you, then you cut to, uh, not even that you go from the, Oh, gosh. Because then it goes to the murder of Quasimodo's mom, and then yep. it comes back. Uh, Esmeralda, the Feast of Fools, which has this wonderful uh, escape sequence from Esmeralda. Very very well done. Very cool um, uh, action sequence of sorts. And then that goes right into the church, where freaking Frollo is, like, sniffing Esmeralda's hair, and he's like, oh. <laughs> Fro- Frollo is... Probably the most confusing villain we've had, not in terms of motivation, um, just in terms of he's kind of a weirdo because yes, he he yeah. he wants obviously he has a he is a form of power and he wants Esmeralda gone because she's a gypsy and he hates all the gypsies. Oh no, she's but, she's but, giving him bad thoughts. That's why he wants her gone. You're either you're either mine or you're going to hell. Exactly. <laughs> like like listening to the lyrics of Hellfire. When I, I like, I looked him up to see if I was mistakenly hearing, and I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. oh no, oh no!" He's flat out saying that he is lusting after oh, her, yeah. and he wants her to be his. But if she says no, then he will kill her. Like, yeah. holy cow! <laughs> I think this is not just a villain who wants power. This is a villain who's a little screwed up. You know, just a little. Yeah, I don't know how to describe him. It's it, as much as Radcliffe represented. In a, in a way, a realistic portrayal of that manifest destiny, which I talked about in Pocahontas, mm-hmm. he was a, he was rooted in a reality, which made him made him all the more villainous because he was his attitude was very realistic to the era that movie was set in. Frollo, even more so, the the evil archbishop that is now okay now he's Judge Frollo in this, but mm-hmm. he's he's part of the church yeah. and the. 
the evil machinations of of the church in the 15th century that's not fantasy folks like his <laughs> his attitude his what makes him so evil and cruel is really rooted in some real stuff and that makes him all the more villainous yes in, in a much different way than someone like Jafar who is a fantastical villain right Frollo is a really he's a Dude's messed up, and he's a realistic portrayal of a villain. Of a villain, he's also a massive. Well, I okay, a massive jerk. I yeah. need to censor myself let's a bit it, there. Let's keep it PG let's here. Keep Jeff. it PG here. Uh, he, he, well, I don't know. This movie's G, and they got away with a lot of stuff. No so way. I could probably G? get away. I think this is G. It's, this is this got to be PG. Nope, nope. This is a G-rated film. It was borderline on being a PG film. It's G. How it is, is this G. a G film? I'm looking at right? the IMDb page right now. How is this a G film, Jeff? It it would have gotten a PG rating uh, during actually during Hellfire when uh, Frollo is looking <laughs> in the fire at the dancing. Esmeralda. Yeah, yeah. Um, her original drawing made her look nude. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, that's the point of the song, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah, they like yeah, they yeah. came back and they're like, if, if they told uh, the the ratings board told them that if they wanted to keep a G rating, they needed to at least make it obvious that she is wearing clothes. <laughs> well, you know what? Esmeralda is kind of a cool character. I do. She is. I do like Esmeralda as a character. She's uh, 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 maybe this is unfortunate. She's the third female of color um, main character in, in a Disney movie. If you look at Pocahontas and Jasmine before her, mm-hmm. um, you know, all three of those are very sexualized characters. It's just hitting me right now. I'm looking at the pictures <laughs> of them. Like, very sexualized characters that also do have a form of uh, like inner strength to them. Like they are kind of a, a fairly independent woman. Yeah. Yeah. Of all three. But unfortunately at the end of the day still do need the men to save them. Yeah. Yeah, I, which is kind of disappointing. She is a very proactive character. I do, I do appreciate it. And Demi Moore did the did the voice of her as well. So, mm-hmm. um, actually, I'll I do feel I do feel like Esmeralda though. Real quick, I do feel like she she feels to me like a distant cousin of Aladdin. Um, there was a lot of just aspects of that character who lives on the street who is smart and is able to take care of him yeah, or staying, herself. Staying one step ahead. Yeah. Right. I can right. see like that. Just that whole escape scene of being able to get away from them in that, in that opening chase. Like just, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like she feels, she's got the, she's got the, like the core of Aladdin to her. Yeah. That did not strike me. That's a very good observation. She really does have a lot of Aladdinisms to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I like her. She, She's very kind. She does not flinch once at Quasimodo from the very moment she first sees him. He right. falls into her dressing room and she's like, "Are you okay? Are you, yeah. you fell. Are you okay?" Like didn't even didn't even flinch once. Um, a very a very kind heart to her. Um, I'm curious. So, how do you feel about Quasi not getting the girl in the end? You know, I'm not gonna lie. I I, I had uh, I I struggled with that bit a little bit because it's it, it 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 to me. It does feel like he should have gotten her when yeah. it came down to it, but I do see his own not uh, what is it not self sacrificing, but um, he he understands that she's not who he is supposed to be with. Yeah, he's very or, selfless or, in the end when he puts her and Phoebus's hands together. Right, uh, and it's I, I part of me I'm I'm okay with him not getting the girl in the end. It kind of lends to what we just saw with Pocahontas as well. Sorry to keep going back an episode, but. Mm-mm. That didn't have a standard ending as as well. It, she didn't end up with the guy. This it makes her less of a prize for the hero. The prize of Quasimodo is his freedom. 
Also, and, say, being free and his and the acceptance of him in yeah. the city. The, this movie does do something wonderful that maybe this is wonderful, I guess, from a different perspective. Some say it's too on the nose. It states its theme at the very beginning and it mm-hmm. fulfills the theme at the end very, very clearly. And it's put in the sentence, who is the monster and who is the man? Mm-hmm. And and that is, that's a very, that's a unique element to to these Disney movies we've seen, which oh, there are themes you can explore. Uh, the uh, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin in particular, Lion King, fulfilling your destiny and whatnot. But that to have that very clear, who is the monster, who is the man, is that's a great theme, and it, and it it's 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 who's who's a bully, <laughs> like you know, like it's it deals with with a universal theme, mm-hmm. and uh, I really appreciated that in in it, and not having Quasimodo end up with Esmeralda in the end feels more fulfilling than had he won the girl, right? Well, because at the in the end, it would have had to have been. Like if if he did end up with her, then uh, Kevin Klein's character mm-hmm. uh, Phoebus. Uh, Phoebus, then he wouldn't have had somebody, and then I feel like there still would have been this moment of like, well, shouldn't have he have gotten like I I, <laughs> I don't I don't even I don't even know what I would have done with his character in my head at that point. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, it's just, he's there now. He's he's their good friend, yay! And, and he, the girl and the guy, the girl and the weirdo, or the the girl and the monster gets <laughs> to be together. I don't want to call him a weirdo. <laughs> the night- I, I, I I I very much so felt Quasimodo um, throughout the whole movie. So I, I've been there. <laughs> the the nice thing about Phoebus though is that he he does deserve what he get. Like he he's a hero. He's a heroic character. He comes back. He hesitantly follows the the orders of of Frollo up front, but he does have a turn turn in his character. He he does show the signs of his goodness right from the first time we meet him. And it's not like the wrong guy ended up with Esmeralda. She had fair, two uh two very good men standing in front of her and and you know, I I have no problem with Phoebus ending up with Esmeralda. Right. I mean, it also goes to just show uh Quasimodo's character because he was like you said earlier, he was very selfless. He was the one that decided because cause I feel like at that moment in the movie when they're all holding hands, he could have turned to her and she might have kissed him. Quasimodo yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, it, they could have. It, 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 it was kind of at this teetering point. Yeah, you know you know that she would have ended up with Phoebus. That's just how yeah. it goes. But <laughs> it, it, you, you, there is a moment where I feel like they could have put Quasimodo that direction. Now that or like where he instead of instead of giving Phoebus or not giving Phoebus to her, but like instead of putting them together, he mm-hmm. could have turned and taken that pla- taken his place as the you know like the beast character and taken right, his place right. as the as her lover uh, or as her, her significant other. But it would have pushed Quasimodo into a new like headspace because because he he's. He understands his place. He knows what he wants. He's gonna get what he wants. He understands that. Yeah, he is not for her. Yeah, his uh, his goal was not to win the girl. His goal was to get out into the world, which is what right. he wins in the end. So it's it's less about her being a prize for him, yep. and and more about uh, the acknowledgement of his of his heart um, mm-hmm. through her, through Phoebus, through the entire city itself. It's a it's beautiful. I love that. I love that about this movie. I do too. There's definitely a lot of little details in this film, uh, kind of yeah. scattered throughout. That I, I, I got a 
huge kick out of. Just tiny, tiny little things. Uh, one, I want to say this right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's during um, Quasimodo's song in the beginning. I think it's during Out There yeah. when he when he's talking about like looking out and onto the city and the people kind of just going about their business. There is this zooming shot in of the city street, mm-hmm. and in that city street, uh, a man is holding carpet, magic carpet. Oh, okay. And Belle walks past that man reading a book. <laughs> Someone did mention that Belle's in there somewhere. I didn't know where she yep. was. It makes yep. sense. It's France. She's French. It's France. And it's kind of in this that same time frame. Who knows? She might have walked to Paris to get a new book that day and then was coming home. You don't know this stuff. You don't know. You don't know. That's a good little detail. That's a good little detail. I loved that, and then my other little, uh, my uh, one other like tiny detail that I caught that I just I I loved was after uh, after Frollo's Hellfire song. Mm-hmm. Obviously, okay, I, I I interpreted that song as he had been drinking, and <laughs> he, he, he did wake up with a hangover, <laughs> right? Because I loved the I loved the tiny detail that his eyes were a little red, a little bloodshot still. Yeah, when uh, the next scene when he comes out of the carriage and he's like, "Oh God, uh, <laughs> hey, you like, okay? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah." <laughs> like, 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 I love that a little. Like, wh- there's n- that line was not needed. There's mm-hmm. no reason why they had to have that in this movie. They could have skipped that, just moved on with the next scene, continued on. The fact that they addressed the fact that. Yeah, dude probably was drinking, got a little drunk, sang the song Hellfire, and then passed out like he did at the end of the song, yep. and then woke up the next morning with a hangover. This is a G-rated Disney movie, yeah, and they- still shocks me this is G, that this is G-rated. Indirectly made reference to getting drunk and hungover. Like, that just, that that was a nice little detail. Murder, murder and rape, Jeff, G-rated. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. I looked boy. past the murder and rape and went right to the hungover. <laughs> well, the it's a little attention to detail. So this is this is I, I don't know if anyone else would catch this. This is just um, because of my I for those listening may not know I have a visual deficiency when uh, the way I see things in my through my eyes is uh, mm-hmm. I only have fifty percent of my vision. So I often look more at the right side of a screen than the left side of the screen because I don't I can't see to my left. It's just whatever. Because of that, um, uh, and I am always engaged in uh, the illustration and animation of eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I know the whole eyes are the windows to the soul. I love drawing eyes. I love, and I always study the eyes of the characters when we're watching these movies uh, because a lot of detail. Oh gosh, I should think of of Ariel's eyes when she's singing "Part of Your World." There's mm-hmm. uh, there's a great moment in that uh, Jasmine and Aladdin's eyes when they connect with one another. Well, something that was drawn to my attention was in just how I perceive things. Quasimodo's left eye, which would be on the right side of my screen, doesn't reflect any light. And oh. there's never it's something that I notice because often you just put a little white dot in a pupil to to signify that light is being reflected. It's an, it's a simple illustration animation trick. Mm-hmm. And his his right eye does have that. It's this beautiful eye with reflection in it, but the 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 one on the right side of the screen, his left eye never does. And uh, I did read the Hunchback of Notre Dame I think it was uh, my f- freshman year of college for a literature course. Quasimodo's blind in his left eye in the book. So the attention to detail that the, illust- the animators had was a very sub- subtle, subtle way to show that he's blind in his left eye. Don't reflect light through it. Oh, man. I completely <laughs> missed that. <laughs> well, again, I don't know if that's something that anyone 
wouldn't even have noticed, <laughs> but because <laughs> of the way I perceive things, it caught my my eye. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I I took that into consideration that that, that is perhaps deliberate. Yeah, you know, maybe that's a, a really sim- silly little. I don't know if that's a theory, but I don't know. I'd like to think the attention to detail was put into that little element. I feel like that is. I feel like because because then if if there if there is no seeming life in that eye, it just makes him be even less seemingly less human. Yeah. Not that he's not human, but it just because now there's a part of him his, his face that obviously the deformity of his face is is big and is key, but mm-hmm. the fact that there is a physical you know like like deadness to that portion of his face, which just just makes it even sadder or worse basically yeah, yeah. um and and just makes him feel less human <laughs> and yet i don't a, like saying a, that oh that's fine i mean that's the whole the whole his whole physical de- ailment and deformity is the surface and then when you look past that you you find this beautiful soul uh it's it's funny esmeralda i believe it's esmeralda who says it, how could someone so kind and wonderful have been raised by frollo <laughs> mm-hmm. yep and that's just the the goodness of of Quasimodo, it's he's a he's a beautiful, optimistic, kind character, um, portrayed so well in those little details and in his actions and everything he does through the course of this movie. He's a great hero. Mm-hmm. I love and I I love I loved Quasimodo. I loved I I I really enjoyed a lot of this movie. I, I really did. When it, when it came down to it, I I found much enjoyment in most of this film. I I, I as well, though it really that. That the damn tonal inconsistency just constantly there'd be little moments where I'd roll my eyes like to have a three guards take a nut shot and squeal to have the goofy holler when they're flying off the the, yeah. the parapet parapets those moments just kept snatching me out of the movie and I'd be like God, stop doing that <laughs> <laughs> I almost wonder if this isn't a movie that could benefit from a little like re like tweaking and editing you do a fan edit of you like know to what? do a, like have a, you you now you've done fan edits we well you and I have done fan edits together yeah i've never even considered doing an animated fan edit right like hmm. like and and i feel like this one would be good because it's it's kind of there and what you would just need to do is pull out some of those more for lack of a better term, goofy moments, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Like those like those little those two lighthearted moments that just kind of pull you out of it. I actually think it would be easier to do a fan edit of an animated film. Right, because you don't have to worry about like sinking lips and Right. <laughs> also, I think it'd be easier to digitally erase characters. Oh. <laughs> oh man, Jeff. You know what? I'm intrigued now. I'm not gonna Hashtag lie. Hashtag hunchback fan edit. I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear from the the listeners out there if they want to see. If they want to see that. Like seriously, in all fairness, guys and girl and girls and children of all ages who are listening to this, let us know in the comments this week yeah. if you would if you would watch a, a, a version of this film that has the tone adjusted yeah and we're not we're not saying like we're not going to get rid of giant chunks because I I have a of a history with my fan edit so <laughs> just. just pulling crap out of it that's not necessary right, i'm not right. saying that but but if people would be interested in seeing a version where we try to like smooth out those tonal inconsistencies because that could be kind of that could be fun that could be fun yeah. I, i've yeah i've never done an animated film we've we've yeah. never done them and that'd be uh huh 
huh, yeah. now my mind's one. Great. <laughs> Yet another project that Jeff, Jeff has you to need, work you on. need a thousand projects. That's fine. I do. I'm uh, only up to 926. I need like, I need like 75 more. Pick it up, pick it up. But to I, get can't, back, I can't do math. To get back to the review itself, uh, I, we are praising this movie, but I do feel like I need to continue to be hard on it in certain elements. Like uh, the, uh, when Clap, Clappin and the guys, uh, the, uh, kidnap or have Phoebus and and Quasimodo and they're gonna be they're gonna kill them in front of everybody like it's it's more of that it's like what the heck was this movie going for you can't have a bunch of guys jumping around in skeleton costumes and also try to be funny at the same time not mm-hmm. not when you ha- I, ah, I don't know I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so conflicted about this movie overall uh, eat, sitting here watching it trying to uh, being engaged by it but also continuing to have those moments where I'm taken out of it it's just I don't know I don't know. Uh, sorry, <laughs> you're 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 right where I am. You're right where I am. Yeah. Where, where there's this I, this this. Know, I, I don't have. I think I, I got it. A hundred percent of opinion. I yeah, think you have to be in a mood to watch this movie. Now that goes without saying, you have to be in a mood to watch any movie. But where is something like Aladdin, or if you go older and you look at some of the movies like uh, uh, Pinocchio, if you want to go all the way back to the front, like there are there are some movies where. They might catch your attention and you'll watch them. But mm-hmm. I think with Hunchback and Notre Dame, you're making a commitment to sit down and watch this. This isn't a casual view. This is one that that asks of your attention. And that and that, that does talk, speak more to the adult themes, the the adult stylings of this movie, that it, it is something that it's like, oh, no, no, this isn't something you just pop in and watch. you got to commit to watching this. You have to be in a mood to watch this movie. Right. Um more so than the movies we've seen in the past. And I think that's that's where I fall, where it's going to be maybe maybe today or maybe watching it when I for the review, I felt one way, but now having our discussion, I feel about it a different different way, uh, more so than other films we've talked about. Yeah, you you have to be in a mood to watch this one. That's that's I think that's what it really comes down to for me, at least. Now, I think I, I went into this one being a little more excited because I had not seen it. So I had no idea what but, I was getting yeah, myself yeah. into. Like Pocahontas, like I said, I, I I couldn't really remember anything that happened into it until we started watching it. And then I was like, okay, yeah, I, I do kind of remember this. And, and maybe that, uh, and then again, maybe it was just the day I wasn't, I just wasn't mentally ready or ready or in the right mind space to watch mm-hmm. that movie. But when I sat down to watch this one, because I hadn't seen it and I knew nothing about it going in, I must have just been in the right frame of mind where I'm like, yep, all right, let's watch this. And I, and this is going to go a little bit into my opinion and my, you know, we'll touch upon this a little bit a few minutes from now when we talk about our ranking of these movies mm-hmm. uh but I, I i sat down and i just i kind of i was just i was there i was in the right frame of mind and i watched it and i was making my notes and i i i got up to go like i was making dinner and stuff like that like i said i was in the process of doing that and when i did that i paused the movie yeah because <laughs> i didn't want to miss it i'm like no, no 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 i i need to i i don't want to just let it run and then walk away and maybe miss something mm-hmm. i purpose i stopped the movie twice when i had to get up to do something um not because i was bored and i just wanted to get up and walk away but right. it was because i i didn't want to stop watching it that's and, that speaks of the film, yeah. I and we we did we did have some good amount of comments on on this one, 
Which, it seems uh, like people are kind of split on this one, actually. Yeah, uh, I, I think we can all. Uh, there's a lot of agreement in the music. <laughs> you know, oh, yes. we, we didn't we didn't quite mention. I don't think we mentioned this. The visuals of this film are breathtaking. Oh, it's gorgeous. Um, I watched the the most recent Blu-ray release of this. I don't know what version you watched, but the it's a it's a gorgeous looking movie. The the blend of CG to live act or the hand drawn stuff. Uh, we are moving further and further towards all CG animated films. but Now, I, I will say real quick, some of that crowd looked really bad. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. There, there's the whole like copy and paste element that uh, is definitely indicative of the 90s CG. Yeah. I mean, I, we mentioned Star Wars once, sorry, but Phantom Menace, I think they had like six Gungans and they just repeated them a thousand times <laughs> for that celebration at the end because... Yep. And, and yes, there are waves of crowds in here that they do have that lazy little bit of of animation to it right but in the the character moments the with quasimodo moving through the the cathedral uh the sweeping shots without the people in them over the city of of paris are are beautiful it's a this is a very 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 good looking film it totally is and i and i will flat out agree with that it's a it's a beautiful Mm -hmm. a beautiful movie i'm pretty positive that was like uh my second comment that i wrote down (laughs) and i think i wrote it down like four more times as it went through just because the the animation the attention to detail in the animation is beautiful the 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 just like the the vistas the sweeping shots that that man that opening that opening shot that that uh, like goes through the city and over the over the rooftops and up to the, the the cathedral that is only broken once when they actually land on the cathedral <laughs> yeah. and then they do a cross dissolve to it to continue the move. Just like <laughs> had that been one long shot, which I'm not gonna lie, I, I might try to make it be one long shot <laughs> if we do hashtag hunchback fan edit. Um, <laughs> just because that like if that had been one long shot, I would have been that would have been just I mind-boggling like how i know this is 96 i know this is only 21 years ago but how did you do that and make it look so amazing so we've discussed this before that walt himself i mentioned this last week walt when he was alive he had some regret that he couldn't use animation to tell much broader uh, much more scope uh bigger uh, films of scope Uh, like he wanted to move away from the cutesy kid-friendly stuff maybe mm-hmm. not like move away from it and leave it behind but he wanted to play more in, in a dramatic w- world and uh eisner this is his favorite film of his tenure uh which is you know take take it take that for for what you want uh, eisner is as much as katzenberg was responsible for a lot of the good and the bad eisner was the head of disney so he had a lot to say in how things played out as well he he considers this his favorite, maybe not the best, but he calls it his favorite because he feels this was the closest to what Walt had always dreamed of doing, mm-hmm. to tell a story of such gravity um, that that this that Hunchback and Notre Dame would have made Walt very very happy, and that and therefore it made Eisner love this movie the most. So he didn't call it the best of the of the Disney library, but it was his favorite for that reason. And you could have a favorite movie that obviously wasn't the best. Obviously, oh, yes. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. So, <laughs> I enjoy the Fast and the Furious movies. What am I? <laughs> see, see, you have nothing you can talk about. So, see, yeah, yeah. 
So TC, I, I am kind of curious. I know we're 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 only about like forty seven, forty some odd minutes. Well, I got this, uh, quite a few comments we can go to after we discuss what you're about to ask me. Yep. So TC, of all the th- of all the movies that we have watched <laughs> so far, I, that was the laziest way that I could have worked myself into that. Where would you rank this movie? So we've seen four so far. We've seen uh, in order. We've mm-hmm. watched Aladdin, Lion King, Pocahontas, Hunchback. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas I, I, I said Aladdin and Lion King are neck and neck, like those two are just neck and neck. Watching this movie, before we even started this discussion, Hunchback and Pocahontas were neck and neck for mm-hmm. me as well. And you know, I, maybe maybe it's this conversation we've had in diving a little more deep into our thoughts and feelings about this, but oh, see, I, this is tough. I, I initially had it, at the bottom, I was going to put it as four, but oh, okay. I think I'm going to make it my number three because oh. Colors of the Wind is the standout moment in Pocahontas. But overall, the rest of that film, though it is pretty, though it, it, it does some neat things, that's it. Color of the Winds, mm, okay, I guess just around the river bend as well. Jeez, ah, Jeff, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because I love Out There. Out There is one of my top ten Disney songs of all time. If, if you asked me to make a list, Out There would definitely be on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, God, Help, God Save the Outcast, God Help the Outcast is one of the most underrated Disney songs. And Hellfire is just a damn good song as well. <laughs> but I really, really can't get past those tonal inconsistencies with, with especially Jason Alexander's gargoyle uh, and the fart jokes and the, the ball shots and mm-hmm. the movie just not committing to a tone. So your number three? I'm gonna go with number three. I'm gonna put in my number okay. three. It's a close. It's a close call between Pocahontas and Hunchback, but it, and maybe it's because Hunchback is now fresher than Pocahontas. But yeah, I'm gonna make it my number three. So Aladdin, Lion King, Hunchback, Pocahontas. Okay. Tight, tight race between the top two and the bottom two. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's where I'm gonna put it. And Jeff, now I ask you, where are you gonna put it on yours? So I had a hard time figuring this out personally. Uh, I went into this not knowing where I was going to rank it. I knew it was not my number one. Yeah. I guarantee, I was like, no, I'm sorry. Aladdin is my number <laughs> one. It will be for some time. Uh, <laughs> maybe. There's some maybe. more movies you haven't seen on this list. That is true. <laughs> Though I do know that there's a big contender that we have yet to watch that it will, it's going to be pretty dang close. <laughs> anyhow. Uh, anyhow. Uh, so I knew it wasn't my number one. But I did not rule out it being number two on my list. Wow, against Lion King, huh? Because I'm not going to lie, I really liked this movie. Hmm. I, I fully enjoyed this film. Like, completely. I, and now, I don't know, and I know actually, no, I'm pretty certain this is why. I did not see, initially, the tonal inconsistencies. Oh, okay. While watching it. The first time around. Now, yeah, yeah, I agreed. Like, I like I made the comment about the gargoyles. Like, whenever they popped up, I just like I don't care. Get moving. This just keep going with the story. Like, I didn't care about them mm-hmm. because they did seem very kiddish, too kiddish to me. Yeah, and I didn't care. I just I wanted I wanted more of Quasimodo. I wanted more of Frollo and Esmeralda. Those are actually the three characters I cared about. I love hearing Kevin Klein's voice. I am I, 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 I yeah. a fan of Kevin Klein. I, I do love Kevin Klein. <laughs> yep. He's always good. He's always, I always enjoy him when he's in movies. 
but I didn't care that much about Phoebus. I kind of just like, all right, let's just keep going. Come on, come on, let's keep going. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't until him and Quasimodo like team up at the end to go find the city or to go find the underground gypsy world uh, that I even remotely kind of cared about him. Yeah. But having said that, I do agree, and I and our conversation has definitely cemented it. Whereas yours, it is just above Pocahontas that it's a close race between those two. Mine, it's just below Lion King. Okay, okay. Like, I am talking... Mm, had, <laughs> Our lists had, are still okay. the same. <laughs> it's still the same, everybody. They are still the same lists, but I will tell you right now, if Jason Alexander's Gargoyle had not been in this movie... It would have been my number two. Number two. Wow. Okay. That's that's Be- neat. I, I like that, that that it affected you much differently than it seemed to have affected me. Right. Well, and I and I know a lot of people who kind of have the same feeling about this. Like just even doing some you know reading of reviews and knowing what some of some people I know have thought about this movie. And I don't know if you know had had I grown up watching this and I if I had seen it like a dozen times or if I had seen it as a kid, if my opinion would have been different. Yeah. You know, because would it have been a little more nostalgia lenses on, or would there have been just something else interfering with that? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. But as a, as it as watching it as an adult and concentrating on it's the story about an outcast, multiple outcasts, obviously, hence the song. <laughs> uh, but but a one main you know one main guy who who just wants to be accepted. Like as an adult, I connected with that story more than I think if I had been a kid I would have connected to it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And not saying that I'm Quasimodo, I'm not saying that, but uh but I mean, TC, you do know that half my face is all deformed like him and I have a hump. But the It's, it's uh, strange though cuz it's like one side of you is real, is is handsome and then the deformed side is more handsome. It's really it's, strange. Like uh, It's it's like a reverse Jekyll and Hyde slash yeah, Two-Face. So, That's what it is. It's so uh, weird. It's so weird. I uh, I am the opposite Two-Face. Like one side looks Batman. like like uh, Chris Hemsworth Thor with the long blonde hair and the other side looks like Chris Hemsworth Thor from Thor 3. You know, it's a strange combination, but it's pretty true. It <laughs> anyway. is pretty true. <laughs> really, it just means that the right side of my head is shorter hair, is there, what you're telling me right now. <laughs> it's, I, I, I mentioned this, that there is a, a, a modern sensibility in the terms of if you approach this from watching someone get bullied, because mm-hmm. Quasimodo is bullied by people in this movie and how he overcomes yep. it, there's definitely something I can appreciate in Quasimodo as this, this very... Uh, loving, uh, very well done protagonist in having been bullied myself, having mm-hmm. experienced a lifetime of being picked on and whatnot. Um, I can truly appreciate how they 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 address that in in this. That's a it's a it's a universal theme that's going to exist forever. There's always going to be the outcasts and how you overcome being persecuted like that, whether it's this as as grand as what Frollo does to the gypsies or as simple as this very emotionally abusive relationship between Frollo and, and Quasimodo or right there in the middle, which is how Paris reacts to Quasimodo. That's, mm-hmm. that's beautifully handled in this film. Um, and and, and that, that is something that is far more unique to this version than previous versions to even the book because the book does not necessarily deal with that element of what we see in this Disney movie. And I can, I can truly appreciate that as, as a great uh, move in the adaptation. 
to right. to the seriously the the line of who's the monster and who's the man is such a a, a fantastic theme that they explore between uh, the beginning of the movie to the end. So and it's oh it's yeah. just oh. <laughs> I want to go back and listen to the score. Like, yes, oh yeah, <laughs> ASAP. <laughs> it's a, seriously I I will say it again out there. It's just such a good song. It's such um, a good song. Well, and I, also so for any of you real, real quick, anybody yeah. out there, just in case you guys do want to see it, uh, I know usually we talk about like well, it's, most of these are all on Amazon. You can rent them. You have to pay to rent them. They're not part of Prime. Yeah. But I watched mine off of Hulu. It's on Hulu right now. Oh, excellent. So that's where I watch mine, and I, I oh, man, I, 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 I want to go watch it. I want to do a fan, hashtag hunchback fan edit. Right. I want to do it. I think this would be a great idea. Please, people, tell me if I'm just not crazy. If I'm crazy, then I'm just going to do it for myself, and well, now you'll get to see it. Mm. With with the, the bowling element uh, mentioned there, what, I want to see it, by the way. I'm not, I'm not trying to cut you off there. Um, do, no, you're just trying to keep the show running, TC. Would you, would you sit a kid down to watch this? Hmm. Uh, That's well. While you think of that, I'm gonna say no. I don't think that there is enough in this film to sit a child down in front of them to ask of their attention, and let alone not freak them out. <laughs> right. Uh, they're they're perfect, perfectly legitimate scary moments in Disney movies we've seen up to this point that are that are frightening. That's that could really maybe give a kid a couple of bad dreams. But this movie as a whole is just way too dark to sit a kid down in front of. And I'm, and, and, and it's, it's just not the right movie to, to, if you're babysitting, don't put this movie in. However, I do think this is a movie worth exploring later. Something that's, there's those hot topic style movies that I feel are a little like on the nose (laughs) in terms of like, okay, we get it. You're goth, you're emo, right? Right. This is something that has a little more depth to it that might might fall into a better category for those kids who are who are dealing with being bullied and don't have a good outlet to express their feelings about it. And so, not a kid, no, um, a teenager, yeah, teenager definitely. And I don't know, like I said, I wonder if that's why, as an adult, I really enjoyed this movie. But like I said, I think maybe as a kid, I wouldn't have enjoyed it nearly as much. Yeah. Because even as a kid, you know, I watched movies like Aladdin or Beauty and the Beast, and I know that, I mean, Beauty and the Beast came out, what did we say? That was 1991, right? Or 1990? 91. 91. So I was seven when that movie came out. But still, that movie, growing up as a kid, I, I, that movie I, I watched because I wanted to be Beast. 90, 92, I, I, sorry. 92, okay. Nope. 91. Okay. <laughs> I will edit that all out, and this will seem flawless. He lied. You're a kid. You're a kid. So, <laughs> so I'm a kid. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm a kid. But I, like, I watched those movies, and I wanted to relate to the hero. I wanted to relate to the guy that got the girl. I, mm-hmm. I wanted to be the prince as a kid. I was bullied a lot, Um Growing up, I was not a very thin kid. I was one of the fat ones that didn't do anything. Half your face looked handsome. The other half looked super handsome. It was really, really odd. But it was all in the days before the Hemsworths were a thing, so nobody knew what to relate to it. They didn't know these blonde (laughs) Australians. Australians? Australians. (laughs) terrible. Both of us us just slaughtered the Australian (laughs) accent there, Jeff. (laughs) I'm so sorry to anybody who is from Australia? Our Aussie listeners, yeah. Any of our Aussie listeners, mm. but but I like I I didn't want at that time in my in my life I would not have watched a movie about somebody getting bullied, yeah, or being like I I would not have I did, I would not have been entertained by that, and I think I fell out of Disney at this that at the in my eyes the right time mm-hmm. 
where I left the Disney movies before they went this path. Yeah. And, and But as an adult, I can come back to it and I can look at him going, yeah, I've been there. I understand how it is. And you know what? I'm Yeah, I'm happy that he got just got to be kind of left alone. Like, I'm glad that he got to be <laughs> He got to be accepted. Happy. <laughs> yes. That to me, so I'm more attracted, not the right term, but I'm more attracted to this film because I can look past the the few like yes, this de- the definitely the pacing things, mm-hmm. which I still you know I still acknowledge, and yes, they are a problem. Uh, but I can I just I feel like a little more attracted to it because I I liked the story, I liked what yeah. it was telling me. But yes, I agree, I would not sit down, I would not show <laughs> a kid it because it's it's too much. It's it's not right for them. No. It's good for adults. It's good for for teenagers who will understand what it's what the message is that it's trying to convey. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm curious to hear hear what some of the listeners said. We do have some comments that I'll hit up in just a moment here, but before Mm -hmm. we get to that, uh, Mm -hmm. were there any tropes? I know one. Uh, you know what? I have, uh, I've unfortunately not been keeping track of them that much. Do we have a hit so. list of how many people follow their death? Because I feel like there's at least a dozen or a half dozen at this point, not a full I, I, dozen. I need to, I need to look it up, but uh, definitely, definitely Frollo falling to his yeah. death when when he was up on the ledge. Uh, and and, yeah. and Quasimodo I and just Esmeralda imagine you going. I'm just gonna write this down right now. <laughs> just gonna write this down. Like when when they're hanging off the edge, a la the end of Tim Burton's Batman. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this is not gonna end well at all. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, there he goes, falling to his death to the into hellfire. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I liked that. <laughs> Straight to hell with that guy. Uh, there's there's the animal sidekick in Dolly the goat, which is from the book. <laughs> Dolly the goat which is so is weird from the book. Uh, there's a horse. There's a Achilles the horse in this. Phoebus' yes. horse, Achilles, which is such a dumb pun. <laughs> but he says, Achilles, heel. Heel. Like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I, I laughed at that, and then I went, wait, did they do that on purpose? <laughs> they totally did that on purpose. And, and, and then I'm sitting there going, wait, they made that joke? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that, not the worst. Actually, I think the, the, the joke that irked me the most in the entire thing, if it's not cut the cheese or I'm losing dog bark. It's the. Did you watch all the way to the end of the credits? Ah, uh, yes, yes. Where he pops back. Where, Just for uh, like a J- split second, Jason Alexander's gargle comes back on. Like, good night, everybody. Ah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was simply to terrify yeah. the theater workers who were cleaning the theater at that point. <laughs> oh boy. Well, we do have. I have quite a few comments on this. Uh, we'll see how many I get to right now. But right. Um, uh, from Twitter, you can hit up me at TC's Big Head. You can also hit up Jeff at Random Bell. Any tweets mm-hmm. from you, Jeff? No tweets, okay. not regarding this, not regarding the movies, okay. unfortunately. That's so. fine. Uh, we also have our facebook.com slash top shelf pod where you can see all the episodes before we post if you want us to discuss something or if you want to get into a conversation after you've heard what we've had to say. Uh, we post there um, every episode, every Monday. Uh, we we record every Wednesday. We we air the episode. Uh, but quite a few quite a few responses here. Some quick ones. Uh, Schulze says, Hunchback in Notre Dame, not a fan. This is the hit or miss section of Disney's library. You're not alone there, Schulze. Uh, I, I've said Lion King was the peak, so we're we're on the down the downturn here. <laughs> uh, Lindsay Shank from Top Shelf Oscars comments. Yeah, Lindsay. Great music, not so great story. So no, well, same same kind of agreement. Same, same, kind, same, of same agreement, kind of agreement. Definitely. I, I, I would suggest Lindsay going getting up on Hulu and maybe rewatching the movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, <for> Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, she just told me to shut up. You guys didn't hear you it. You didn't hear it. I heard it from the future. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. Um, I, actually, I'll hit this tweet real quick. This is from at Fangirl. That was not Quasi's. That was not Quasimodo's mother. Skin tone, hair color. Esmeralda's. Well, I I don't know if it was that. All the gypsies in this. So I, she pointed that out, and I saw. I actually oh, saw this tweet. I see what you're saying. Okay. I saw this tweet before we we where I started watching the movie. So it did it did stick in my head? Yeah, Quasimodo is he's very Caucasian. He's got ginger hair, and all the gypsies in this movie are dark skin tone, dark hair. Uh, so, I mean, Esmeralda has green eyes, but I don't think Quasimodo is a gypsy. So I, maybe they, cause, cause even I read that tweet, I started watching the movie. One of the first line of dialogue is shut, shut it up, shut that thing up. <laughs> like the guy who's like escaping with the, he doesn't say the baby. He doesn't say shut the kid up, shut up, shut him up. No, shut it up. <laughs> so, so she, her comment, her tweet, I'm assuming it's a girl. Her name's fangirl is that that's not Quasimodo's mother. Um, well, I, I, I'm, is it more of just a caretaker? Is that, or just, so, it's just, it's a woman who had, who found him or something? Well, is it that? So it's 15th century France and there was, uh, in those centuries, it was pretty standard to toss out a deformed baby. Um, right. And perhaps the gypsies just rescued a, a baby regardless of what they looked like, which goes to the inherent goodness that Quasimodo has in him instilled all but subconsciously by a mother who's willing, willing willing to take him in. The other thought might fall into uh, maybe a Katzenbergism, which is whitewashing Quasimodo so he doesn't look like a gypsy. That's I I don't know. I don't really have any way to support that that as yeah. a, as a remark, but it yeah, that might be a way to uh to look at it. I don't know. Hmm. That's a it's a fair it's a fair tweet because Quasimodo does not look like any of the gypsies, right? Um, so yeah, well, you could you could you could very well argue the reason why he doesn't look like it is because he is deformed. It's possible that he has. I'm completely spacing on on the, the <laughs> skin disease. He's, the, the, he's the, albino. <laughs> he might be albino. Like it's you. You could argue quite a bit. You know, honestly, it never crossed my mind that he didn't look like a gypsy. Oh yeah, because when he, I knew, even though I I knew he was from the gypsies or well was supposed to be from the gypsies i guess it still never quite dawned on me that he that that, that there would be that di- like i never i never thought about that yeah hmm. that's fascinating it, it was something that jumped it was a good tweet thank you for the tweet oh, yeah. girl, and i thank appreciate you. that um just a point a point a, a thought that crossed my mind that if it's either i would rather go from the school of thought that it shows the inherent goodness in people that they would be willing to rescue a baby that's not their own Mm-hmm. I'd rather go with that than the more cynical take of, well, we couldn't have a brown-skinned hero, bleh, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, which is a very, very unfortunate thought process that crosses a lot of um, Hollywood executives' minds, whether it's deliberate or not. So I'm ra- I'd rather go from the optimistic point of view. <laughs> I will agree. <laughs> uh, so over at the Facebook group, uh, Natasha says, the music is beautiful in this movie. Also, if you look closely, you can see Belle walking through town. Yes, Natasha. Je- Jeff had the sharp <laughs> eyes on that one. I did not. I did not also, and I was doing this while I was while we were talking. I was just kind of bouncing around the internet. You apparently in that same exact moment, there are two men walking with uh, like a like a caught pig mm-hmm. on a post. And it's Pumbaa. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which 
Which means no, those two no. men went to Africa <laughs> and then brought. You know and what? Walked Pumbaa no. back. No, I refuse. It just looks like Pumbaa, just like it looked like Lady and Pongo in Oliver and Company, but it true, wasn't that. True, <laughs> fine, uh, but it was Belle. <laughs> Uh, so Andrea remarks, uh, I don't even know where to start with this one. Throwing babies in wells. Yes, we uh, <laughs> we agree, Andrea. Yep. Um, Esmeralda's pole dancing. Completely forgot to mention that. Oh, I know. Uh, I, I had a note. That was one of my notes. I went, did she... Did she just pole dance? You know briefly? what? It, she was voiced by Demi Moore, and the same year she did striptease. So she had that already worked. She had already learned how to pole dance. So she was just she was just applying that in every movie she was in in nineties in the nineties. T T C. That it, Esmeralda wasn't actually Demi Moore. What? I, I, I mean, ah, you shut it up. It was just her voice. <laughs> uh, Frollo punishing himself for feelings of uh, yeah. That's that's it. The scary catacombs. This is not a kids' movie. I do like God Help the Outcasts. When I was watching this on Sunday, I remembered my sister sang that song at church once. What? Wow. <laughs> I have no idea why on earth Disney would think this was a good story to tell, though. Well, first off, why was God Help the Outcasts sung in a church? I need to look at the lyrics again. That seems wildly out of place. But, you know, it is a very good song. Uh, and in terms of why would Disney think this was a good story to tell... I don't know. I hope we gave you a little insight there that this was the type of movie that Walt always wished he could tell. But you mm -hmm. know what? It's I don't, we didn't talk about this, Jeff. I did mention that fine line and tone, mm -hmm. and I think we're on the wrong side of this line right now because the best of Disney of all the movies we've seen up to this point, the best of Disney are the movies that you just can't help but watch. If they're on, you can't help but watch them. You can't help but appreciate them. And though you did praise Hunchback quite a bit, Jeff, I don't feel like this quite hits all the marks for what makes a truly classic, great, great animated Disney film. Mm -hmm. And and it's that weird. I don't want it to be too goofy, but I don't want it to be too serious. It's, right. it's a weird taste thing that I feel uh, affects me and my viewing of it. One of those things that we used to talk about was that whether, like, like in how we used to, or like I still kind of do, uh, how I rank it amongst other films is whether or not I would sit down and watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that ultimately is my deciding factor. Like, if I was handed Aladdin, Lion King, and Hunchback and Pocahontas, which movies would I watch and in what order? Yeah. And I would watch Aladdin and then Lion King and then I would watch <laughs> no, this movie yeah. and then Pocahontas, I would I just probably would go to bed and I forget to watch it. But <laughs> I fell asleep watching it again. <laughs> I fell asleep watching it. Guys, guys, did she marry the guy or not? No, okay, I don't care. Uh, but but I, I I feel like I do agree, like I feel like the watchability of a film does is partially uh or it's obviously it's connected to the the the, the overall tone and qual and just what makes these movies good. Yeah. Um I lost my train of thought halfway through my <laughs> sentence. I'm so sorry, everybody. But I would watch this again, even mm -hmm. you know, while praising it and while talking about some of the negative stuff. I would definitely watch this film again, whereas a movie like Pocahontas just had too many inconsistencies for me to fully entertain watching it a second time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for the comments and the tweets, everybody. Uh, there, uh, Thomas also praises uh, God Help the Outcasts, um, again, proving that we do have – I think everyone's in agreement that the music really kicks – 
kicks ass in this in this movie. Hex, yes. <laughs> hey, if this movie can say uh, "damn hell, damnation," and uh, then our podcast that, can say our podcast can say the same thing, guys. How about that? Everybody okay with this? All right. So hell, hell, um, hell, hell, damn ass, <laughs> fart, fart, fart. There, nailed it. Nailed uh, it. Okay, Jason. <laughs> but I think that I think that does it for this episode, Jeff. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we wrap this up? Not. Here? No. I just I wanted to say that you know. Having hit back, uh, you know, having having got a chance to watch a movie again that I have never seen was a lot of fun, and it definitely just did not disappoint me. Yeah. And I, while not placing it number one or two on my on my ranking, I still I would I totally if this movie was on television, I'd watch it again. All right. And I might very well listen to the music as soon as we're done recording. Right. <laughs> you now. know, you you got me the the full on Little Mermaid score. I might ask you to get me the the this one. I'll see what I can find. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> so what do we do? What are we watching next week? <laughs> well, everybody, next week we're gonna watch yet another movie that Jeff hasn't seen. Huh? Oh, right? oh, I know. Okay. Uh, I only know <laughs> the Michael Bolton song. Uh, <laughs> Because that's where I roll. Uh-huh. Uh, I know I know all the credits, all the credit versions and credit <laughs> covers of these songs. But next week we are watching the 1997, so just turned 20 years old back in June mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. Hercules. Hercules. I'm 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 kind of excited. I'm 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 definitely excited. I'm not kind of excited. I'm definitely excited to see this one because I do know uh, Hades, right? Yep. James Woods James does Woods, Hades. Yeah. Oh man, I am so stoked to see that. Hello, That's Hades, Lord of the Underworld. Good to see you. Good to see. You. <laughs> I am so happy. I, I am. That is what I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see James Woods be Hades. I'm, that sounds like I, fun. <laughs> I am looking forward to going back to this as well. It's been quite a few years since I've watched it, and um, yeah, well, we will discuss that soon. So keep an eye out for the post if you guys have any questions for us about Hercules. Uh, look for the post next week so you guys can toss them at us. Otherwise, look forward to that ne- next episode and our thoughts and feelings on it. Jeff, this was fun. This TC, was it is always fun. It's gla- great. It's great to hear you, it's mighty. Gla- <laughs> um, it's great to hear you. No, wait, that was. What are we you. doing? <laughs> I don't know. TC, quick, do the sign off. <laughs> this was a podcast. We were the people talking, and this is a sign off. <laughs> Yay! Bye, everybody. Thanks Nailed for listening. It. Nailed it. Nailed it, TC. <laughs> You nailed it a lot better than I nailed whatever that accent was that I was doing. (laughs) This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at (laughs) www.ghosthat.net. I like the ending.